Hey! Hello! And welcome to Shellfish, the book podcast. Yep, yeah. we're going to talk Enjoy! Hey, so this week's the first episode. Yeah. We're going to be talking about ourselves today. Yeah, so I'm called Anna. I'm Simon. And today we're going to do a chat and when I think about students. So the first thing we're going to talk about is anything like that has been tomorrow. Then we've got a poetry collection uh, by Kate Tempest called Hold Your Own. And then last but not least, we've got a novella by Banani Yotimoto called Kitchen. Yes, let's get into it. Yeah, quite a full range this week, I think. I'm very eclectic. Yeah. Obviously, a representation of who we are. But yeah, so enjoy the show. Yeah, and yeah. First time. So yeah, this is the first episode. Um, obviously, we're going to introduce ourselves yeah. today, don't we? Yeah, we're going to shy, haven't we? Well, that's all right. No, Simon! Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, so, we both study languages, mm-hmm. um, both French, German, yeah. Dutch, actually. We're both final years, it's terrifying, I don't recommend it. Yeah, do not, do not do this with your life. Yes, remain fresh and have fun. Yeah. Um, and we both do that. And we mm. live together as well. Yeah, we live together, hence why. Can't we've, get away. We've been together for years now. Well, yeah, quite a while actually. We know each other in first years and it's first years. It's a long old stretch. Yeah, in it to the end. Yes. Obviously, being language students, we've just come back from our year abroad. Mm. That's the Yes, which um, was an experience. We were in Leipzig and we were in shock to see if we back in the world. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. And yeah, we still managed to speak with the cat a lot though during the year abroad. Yes, we are iron codependent. We are totally codependent in every way. Just there, like her. Hello, see me now. Hello, bye. Okay. We were on the other side of Germany from each other and still saw each other like every two weeks. I was in the capital city though, so like it was more out there being a brat. Like, come see me, you know, you want to see me. Yeah, Dortmund's great, but it's not Berlin. I did visit it. Hashtag good friends. Good. So basically, we're back. Final year, essays, deadlines, horror. Fun and games. And um, basically our experiences reading. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's nice to have some hobbies and a chance to get away from studying and studying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so basically, Anna seems to be into the unreliable narrator to the oh, extreme. Yeah, I love that. Like, the more mean and twisted and generally unpleasant, the more I love them. And then she passed all of these books on to me. Yes, I just thought she was like, yeah, she needs to be favourite. So I can be vaguely drawn to her. Yeah, exactly. But I still enjoy them. And then they'd be like, that was horrible what happened on page 50. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that's really horrible. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm a bit more, you're also quite a lot of classics, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I do quite a lot of classics. But I'm in much more, you're a lot more contemporary stuff, and it's more like niche contemporary, so you're like, oh, look, it's this, um, an author who was like in the 30s and you're like oh yeah I mean it's quite a lot of Isherwood to be honest <laughs> like 
And ever since the film, we've not seen the use of this. That's true. I blame the BBC. But I don't think that weapon was really very niche. I think it was always a niche that was filled by people who liked them. Like, I think yeah. people always had it. It's relatively well known in like this Jamzonga area. It's gay people like them. It's gay people. Yeah. And Colin Firth. And yeah. who doesn't like Colin Firth? That's very true. Yeah. And then I, I feel like I read quite a lot of kind of 20th century Yeah, graphics. you read lots of 20th century books, and you also do tend to read more fantasy and theories and ideas, but you've read Game of Thrones, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. They're kind of. Yeah, I've only made it through the first two. Blockbustery. Yeah, I only made it through the first two. You witnessed the second one. And it was just me being like, I've read 300 pages today, and I'm not passing through the book. Anna also reads at a quite incredible pace, so. I think I'm a bit OCD when it comes to reading. I'm very into numbers, which is very strange because I actually can't maths. So to be quite so fixated on, oh, on page 50 by the end of the day is a bit fun. Also, Anna has to have silence when she reads. Yes, I can't, like, I can't deal with background music. The only time I can deal with music in reading is if there's background music I can train and there's background music I can listen to music to block out the background music to read. That sounds very, very strange when I said it like that. I I can deal with no words. Classical music is fine. I love music when I'm reading, so I often associate the book with whatever I was listening to while I was reading it, which is strange in itself. I associate it with what's more than what I was listening to. Like there are some books in the library that that's on my way on the show. Oh, there's that book where I got on like forty seven jokes. Sheffield. I still have that, but it's all often like lumped together with an album. I have nice things. I just can't. I can't. I don't know whether that means that I'm not reading as deeply though. I don't, definitely don't read as quickly as you do. So it's probably, that's probably why. No, but it's nice, isn't it? I think there is, it's nice to be a bit slower. There's something I think that you do appreciate more the book to be slower. It's just, I, just, I can't read slowly very much. Like I am now, but it's different between books. Yeah. We, of, we often obviously have to read for our course. Yeah. Well, so. In an ideal world, I'd like to be a book monogamous, like I like to be one book at a time. <laughs> Very strict in my book monogamy. <laughs> monogamy. But at the moment I'm a, I'm cheating on my neighbours. I'm reading about two at the same time and to be honest that's my limit. I'm feeling quite stressed with it. I'm like, oh, oh. I yeah, I also try to be a bit monogamous. I think I often succeed. Yeah, you're better at it than I am. I just feel like, oh, well, this is a school book I had to read, but then I got bored in this book, and then I read this story collection. I like you can still call it a school book when you're in yeah, our final no, year of university. School, I just a school book, and I thought, hmm, that sounds like a child. Yeah, so we often have to read the, the, our course as well. So sometimes we will be reading in foreign yeah. languages, which is when we're at our most pretentious. We say pretentious. We don't really like the very long. It's just me misinterpreting shoes and Simon being like, Maybe. And me yeah. desperately googling to find the English <laughs> yeah. translation. Both of us all there, like, what are the answers? I think it's the only last final year because it's a lack of answers. You have to think this year. It's yeah. quite difficult. It's quite stressful. It's not nice. No. Why would you agree with So basically this book podcast thing is like a little escape from our degree. Indeed, it's nice because neither of us have English lit students and um, we sometimes look at English lit students and think, oh, you have to read all this book. I want to be this. I like to do that. So we sometimes get degree envy reading in our last year. Quite a lot of degree envy. And it's just like, mm, I'd like to stuff it. Oh, I'd like to stuff Dickens. Or I'd like to slag off walls. Why can't I do that? So here we are. Probably not this week discussing Dickens. Oh, no, no, we're not. We're not. We're not, we're not reaching that point yet. Oh, 
Oh. I once name dropped her in a lecture and it was my proudest moment. <laughs> my proudest moment was referencing to Lear. I referenced to Lear today. Yeah, the lecturer has not stopped talking about the Shakespearean fool ever since. No, and she I. She loves it. Yeah. It's amusing because you're going to miss some pictures, like genuinely. At English A level, my teacher would be like, yeah, so Anna has to write it differently because she's in childhood. Thank you for this. Yeah, there was some kind of like. Yeah. That she. She was nice to have recognition of Accommodated English. your. I think my interpretation. She exactly. was like, I reject you. Didn't I dismiss look, you. I look at you and I reject you. <laughs> right, so basically that's the introduction to, to, yeah. to us and so, yeah, so, the podcast. Should we start talking about Little Life? Yeah. So, um, A Little Life is. I've actually heard quite a lot about it this year. It came out in America at the beginning of this year. It used quite a lot of acclaim. And um, it really came It was released in England in August. And it's probably best known for being shortlisted for the Manchester Prize this year. So, um, obviously, in shortlisted, made me want to see it all more because I want to read the shortlist, which sounds like a very strange thing to say. There is something very appealing about a list. Yeah. And OCD size. <laughs> list, like, I don't want, I'm not into those 100 books you should read before you die lists because. She's already read them. Some of them was a bit boring, whereas the Lambeth list, I'm like, really? They're also, um, more modern. And they also like the fact that I thought the Lambeth shortlist this year was quite interesting. There's like, a lot of range and stuff. Like, they had the fishermen, they should go to the and they had a nice representation of stuff, so I thought it was interesting. But yeah, this life is the one we read first. Yeah, so Anna kind of read it very, very quickly. Yeah, so Simon just saw me with Matthew as well. So 120 pages. So Simon Karen is a hardback book around. And he's like me. And heard numerous updates about it during the reading. Yeah, because I read it assuming that Simon wouldn't read it, so I was a bad, a bad book friend. Telling him everything and just getting angry. Also, in relation to that, then maybe a few spoilers. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, in this so section. Kind of, yeah. So, if you haven't read it, or if it upsets you, to, we won't tell you the ending. Okay. Um, but yeah. there will be parts that we'll have to talk about wow. inevitably. Yes. So, um, yeah, maybe just skip like ten minutes. Yeah, so. ten minutes. If you're, if you don't want to, the rest of it is poetry and like short stories, then you're fine. Yeah. So, um, I personally read this life and didn't enjoy it. I, um. It turned into a hate read. It was more of a hate read. It was kind of an enjoyable hate read. Like, it definitely wasn't the end of the world by any means. And, um, I just find it a very compelling book. So, I wouldn't, if you are thinking of reading it, I really wouldn't say it took you a very long time. Like, Oh no, I read it in, read it in a week. A week or so, like, yeah. A more reasonable pace than I read it. I just read it. I read like. And it's quite vast. Yeah, I read like half of it on Sunday. I was just, just. It's not like War and Peace vast, but it's quite vast. No, it's like. It's quite. um It's probably most well known for being quite. um Basically, there's all sorts of views in this book, so it's sort of like. It's quite harrowing. <laughs> it's quite harrowing, so although the writing style isn't especially dense or like hard to get through. That matter can be obsessing at times, which could slow you down, I guess. If you're, but not that you should be slowing down, but you're, you're not like you to be all the pages in the go. Exactly. Um, so Anna has a star system. Yeah. So they're um, kind of, we're, bit, make, we're painting her out to be. I make most of them very OCD, but, um, you know how the good reads, if you want to mean with good reads, is that whole like five star, four star, three star rating. I actually don't like good reads though. I don't know, I don't like the formatting, something about it just doesn't 
Maybe it's not user friendly. I, I think. Very, it doesn't appeal to me. It's also owned by Amazon, and you know, Amazon are the devil. Corporate, corporate. Well, don't we still buy our school books from there? But shh. That's true. Amazon students. We are a hypocrisy. Yeah, that's not that's no. not totally part of that. <laughs> no, and we digress. So, uh, so yeah, I have a star system, and I gave a little line two point five out of five. My average star rating is three stars. So it did to me. It was initially two. It was initially two. You and have mellowed. Simon has commented being like, "Well, oh, he's increased it by a half star," and I don't actually think it's all. It's not misery memoir, is it? It's not like daddy. To come back or anything like that, it's just, it's just got a lot going on. It's quite flawed. I read it, well, I started to read it kind of want, waiting to hate yeah. it because of Anna hating it. Like, I took great delight in him reading it as I messaged him, he messaged me. And I kind of did start reading it and started hating it, and then I couldn't hate it anymore, but then I still hated it. Part, I don't, I feel very conflicted about this book. I think that I messaged you when it was over saying that I feel emotionally yeah. empty and that I have been... And I came downstairs with tea. It took over my life. It took over my life for a week. And I don't necessarily know if that was a good thing, but I suppose it means that the writing is quite powerful in yeah. a way. It is, it is definitely a very compelling read. And it's not really... It's sort of like a page turn of running on a thriller. It does It does have a certain feel of a thriller, though. You kind of want to know the answer, don't yeah, you? Yeah, like, obviously... Um, so, the essential plotline is there are four friends who all met at university in a newly England university who assumed to be Harvard. It isn't said, but... Well, it's definitely Ivy League. It's de- yeah, definitely Ivy League. And um, so they're JB, Malcolm, Will... Willem? Willem. That sounds like Jude would say Willem and Jude. And Jude is... Well, Jude is probably the main yeah, character. The main character. And a lot of the plot we see through Jude's perspective, although it's... It changes perspective quite a lot. The, yeah. There's and a lot of tangents, there's lots of backstories, yeah, there's lot quite of, a lot going on. But Jude is the kind of main like, so narrative like, core like of the, the narrative, novel. yeah, definitely. Definitely through Jude. Um... So it's through with these four characters and it's like their lives over 30 years? 40 years? It's just kind of as their lifetime progresses. Yeah, so from like university. It's not to like birth like, to death, but it's no, almost. Like university to retirement. Yeah. And they moved to New York, obviously. Um, yes. It, as you have to. Time's quite an interesting element in the book, actually, because years aren't really discussed, are they? It's just. You're aware of time passing, but you're, as a reader, you're not aware of how many years. It's quite an interesting, I think it's quite interesting actually. It's quite an interesting device. That's, yeah. obviously, it's not linear in it. No. Time, there's quite a lot of flashbacks. Yes, flashbacks aren't your thing, it's just not for you. No, flashbacks and backstories no, it's are not recommendations definitely that. there. Um, first of all, a bit of an introduction to the different characters. So Jude is the, Jude is the character who's kind of suffered the abuse. Yeah. Um, which is why the, the novel focuses on him. Yeah. And he's a very talented lawyer. Mm-hmm. Willem is, and he's also a very talented baker. There's actually very little things that Jude is not. Jude is pretty amazing at life. Um, apart from emotionally and psychologically, maybe he's like, okay, he's less. Not doing so well yeah. in those departments. He's very, he's very intelligent and very intellectual. Yeah. And he's overcome a lot of adversity and is, is still very successful in many ways. Um, um Willem is, uh, half Danish. Swedish, isn't he? Isn't he half Danish, half Icelandic, but his parents speak in Swedish? Oh, that was it. Yeah, he's very. It all like, got very, very complicated. Scandinavian. 
but he's kind of from the Midwest. Yeah, so his parents are Swedish. He was American, but his parents were Canadian. Yeah, and he speaks Swedish to his parents, yeah. apparently. And he has very a, briefly mentioned, I don't know why. And he had a very upsetting childhood, like his brother died, didn't he? Yeah, so his brother is disabled yeah. and, and died, so that's obviously affected yeah. him. And then there's Malcolm, who yeah. is the kind of rich kid. He's uh, black, I think, right? Yeah. Um, that feels quite ambivalently about his race and his racial identity. Um, and he's kind of from the west side of it in New York and stuff. He's, you know, he quite. Lives in a, he lives in a really rich house. He's quite pampered. Um, and he's an architect, obviously very talented architect as well. And then we have. Oh, you've got to mention Willem is uh, an actor. Willem's an actor, yeah. A celebrated actor. Yeah. He's going to be seen here, friends. Yeah, very successful. And then we have JB. Who is Haitian artist. Gay, black, Haitian artist. Um, And is also, funnily enough, extremely successful. Yeah, there's definitely a kind of. Yeah. Everyone is interesting. Everyone, yeah, everyone's successful. It's all in their. New York, New York bubble. Yeah, it's, it's kind of going for sushi before you go to your friend's gallery opening because her girlfriend has come back from Hong Kong type world. In their apartment, yeah. Exactly. Cool. Everyone is rich-ish, yeah. artistic, creative, and living in New York, and everyone is gay. Oh, very gender fluid. Very... Fluid sexuality is going yeah. on. There's quite a oh, lot. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's it's not necessarily a vision of the world that I feel too realistic. And um, interestingly, there aren't that many female characters, which maybe you'd expect more from. Phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't necessarily feel like that was a flaw because. Well, I didn't feel it was a flaw, but maybe you'd expect it more. That's true. I don't know. I th- I thought it was obviously very focused on like a kind of male perspective. Yeah. And the men in this novel aren't exactly your macho men. Oh no. no. They're very in touch with their emotions well, and like well sometimes they're not. But yeah. they're kind of they're I mean I think I think by the I think only one of them is straight by the end. Oh yes, yes, the, right, I hadn't thought of that. It's yeah. just they're all which is nice though, it makes it quite refreshing change, I feel. It's quite nice. Um particularly considering that most that it was an article in the interview that most books are about men and fairly like the relationships with women. women. Yeah, so it's nice it is nice to have It's nice to have this yeah. kind of gay perspective, but I there were some kind of quite dubious elements of gay relationships portrayed. Yeah, I think that. Like there's I mean, there's a kind of because of the abuse and then the fact that it's gay abuse, it all kind of gets tied up with this negative idea of gay sex, which is yeah, quite, sometimes I felt a little bit problematic. Um, the author is, I don't, I don't know if the author, she looked up, I don't know if the author identifies gay, I don't think she does. I, I mean, I assume she lives in New York. But she's a, she's so she must have plenty of gay presence yeah. in her <laughs> life, I assume. So, um, that's yeah. probably what she's drawing on. I, I didn't actually think that was too much of a flaw. Oh no, I didn't. I just actually, I didn't mind the last. It was more the kind of I just felt class element that I thought yeah, was flawed. It's yeah. kind of this very much a kind of bubble, bubble, yeah, yeah and upper middle yeah. class educated bubble. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, everything's kind of viewed through that lens. Yeah, and um, the next issue I have with this book is that um. I didn't 
especially feel that emotional connection to the character, which isn't necessarily a flaw by any means. Like, um, I think you can read a book and not relate to characters and not be emotionally connected and still be a good book. But I think in this book, because there's so much trauma that is revealed, to some extent, not having that emotional connection for me made it a bit. I, I found certain characters relatable more than others. I thought that she kind of captured the psychology of abuse really yeah, well. Yeah, she did. She did She did see the psychology of abuse well. I thought that as well. And she did discuss it. I thought she discussed it well as well. I never felt it was... None of it was ever sensational. Yeah. It was... It served both the, the purpose of the plot, it's but it not, wasn't dwelled on. It, was, it, 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 could, it could be really... It is harrowing. It's so much more harrowing than just well. It definitely did. It can be as well. And there are kind of relatable characters. There's Harold, who we haven't mentioned yet, but Harold is um, a kind of quite interesting figure. He's a father figure in Food's Life. Food's Life, yeah. He's and probably he's my favourite character. Lovely. Love Harold. Yeah. Love Harold. And that's the only, actually the only moment that made me like, yeah, tear up a little bit. Yeah, that's the only moment that made me tear up. Yeah. There's um, a bit in the book where Harold introduced me watching. I was like, oh, Harold. It's really sweet. And Willem's quite a, yeah, Willem, kind of a, yeah. a nice character. Yeah. I feel like JB and Malcolm don't necessarily add very much. Yeah, it's, it's a very page novel, but I felt it could have done with a good edit. I feel like by doing a little bit less, she could have achieved a lot more. It's yeah. very ambitious and it's yeah. very commendable. It's only her second novel, and for it to be like shortly for the man that's a very really special. And I cannot write. No, I can't write either. No. And apparently she only wrote it in 18 months, and originally the manuscript was 900 pages long, with more abuse. I hasten to add more abuse. Remember that when you're reading it, it could be more. It could be more abuse. <laughs> Which is quite a achievement. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it is definitely, it is definitely an achievement, it's just, next, I'll be interested to see what she does next. I will as well. I think the quote on the cover says that she's, set, that she's kind of proving herself as a great American novelist. And I think that, to a certain extent, that's true. But I, I will be interested to see when she kind of hones her style. Yeah. This felt kind of unfinished almost. It definitely yeah. could have done with a good edit. There yeah. are part, there are passages that don't add to it. And as it's such a long book, a kind of... tighter narrative could really help you feel. I think it makes it that bit more poignant and a bit more... Yeah, I think that just by doing a little bit less, she could have achieved a lot more. That's going to be my it's final assessment of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to consider the title. But still, I would still say worth reading. Yeah, but maybe get it from the library. Yeah, maybe don't buy it. Yeah, or give it, if you do buy it, don't like to give it to friends. I do. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I will keep it just for the. Fineness. For the memory value. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. So, the next book that we're going to be talking about, which I actually finished this morning, um, is oh, Hold Your Own yeah. by Kate Tempest. So it's yeah. a poetry Yeah, it's a poetry direction book. I don't actually read that much poetry normally. Not do I. I think they've got more into poetry, which I guess is nice. Normally I wouldn't read it. Um, it's really good. So Kate Tempest is a kind of young British um, poet slash rapper, rapper yeah. slash songwriter slash. Has she written a few plays? I think playwright. Oh, maybe uh, yeah. Yeah. She's kind of yeah from London. Um, and she has a really interesting voice. I think it's quite accessible. It's quite modern. And uh, in yeah. this collection, she uses a particular myth. Yeah. So she uses the myth of. Yeah. Say it? Not, not very often. Tiresias. 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 
um, and which is quite it's um it's just a blind spotter. And the ancient Greek myth is that um he saw um two snakes having sex and he poked them with a stick and got transformed into a woman for seven years. And then in his seventh year as a woman, he saw two snakes mating again, knowing what would happen, touched the snakes again with a stick and got transformed back into a man. So effectively, he'd experienced life as both genders. And uh, one day, a hero and Zeus are having an argument about who enjoys sex more, the man or the woman. So they ask Teresius to come up to Mount Olympus and answer the question. And Teresius says that, oh, women enjoy sex more than men. And Hera is so annoyed that she um, cursed him to be blind. And Zeus, in compensation for this... So the one god can't undo the work of another. I don't. Yeah. So Zeus gives him the gift of sight in a kind of prophecy kind of way. Which I'm not sure is much of a compensation, but... I still think it's pretty hard done by... Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Field. I think, yeah. You know when the gods meddle in your life, it's never going to end well. Thanks. But Kate Tempest uses this myth yeah. really, really effectively. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as well. I think it's actually very modern. It's quite relevant. Yeah, absolutely. To kind of the the kind of idea of what life is like as, as different genders, and she explores that really well. Yeah. The book's split into sections. Yeah, four, isn't it? Yeah. So there's childhood, yeah. womanhood, manhood, and blind prophet. But okay, prophet yeah. spelt with F I T, like yeah. money. Very punny. Yeah. Enjoy good pun. And the kind of final section is kind of more social commentary. Yeah. Which is what you'd expect from the title. It's very interesting to explore kind of life through these different phases. But I thought yeah. she does use the framework really well. Mm-hmm. And the, the the collection opens with a kind of framework poem. Yeah. About which, which explains Tiresias. the original myth to you if you weren't familiar with it. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of written in a kind of quite modern, accessible yeah. way. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of, I really enjoyed this collection. I really enjoyed it too. read it in an hour. Yeah, I read it in one of as well. It's very, preparatory is very accessible. And a lot of what she says I felt quite, it was quite poignant. And I definitely thought it resonated like with our generation. Yeah, I thought it was very, yeah, relevant. Yeah. Really relevant to yeah. modern life. Um, like she talks about kind of plastic, kind of Tesco bags. I think at the yeah. end she, yeah. she says that, uh, that Tyrus is keeping his eyes in a Tesco bag. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. It's uh it's all quite kind of obviously quite British as well. Yeah. Um and she's also quite beautifully engaged, she's written a lot actually. She definitely is. I think she brought out a song yesterday called um Something to do with Europe and I think it's a comment on the refugee crisis. So she's definitely yeah. engaged. Oh yes, it would be the twenty eighth of November. Yeah, yeah, so twenty fifteen by the way. Yeah. Um okay. ever listens to this in the future. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was really, really well done. She's kind of, I initially knew her as a, as a songwriter yeah, rather than a poet. Yeah, quite interesting when Simon's like, oh, you've got a book by a writer. Yeah. So she, more. I think it was this year that she released her album. Yeah. And it's kind of a narrative album. It's really, really interesting. The I name escapes me. I haven't actually listened to it yet, but I'm definitely interested in listening to it. Apparently she has a book as well based in Peace Art Night as a sequel. It kind of follows on from the narrative of the album, which I think is so interesting yeah. to have this kind of narrative carried across two yeah, forms. Yeah, I think Because I think most of her influences are kind of from the world of hip-hop. Um, yeah, but um, just clearly very interesting in classical mythology and things like that. Because we've got a previous collection now, which is also based in the Greek myth. 
Yeah, um, called brand new ancients. Brand new ancients, brand yeah, new ancients, exactly. Like that. Brand new ancients is what it's called, I think. I haven't read that yet, but you've ordered it. I've ordered it, so, so that should be coming I soon. Snaffling batch from Simon. Yeah, excited. Um, and so actually, I found out about her music from listening to yeah. a podcast. I think yeah. from all th- it was uh, an all songs considered podcast from NPR over in America, and she kind of takes over the show and talks about her musical influences and oh, kind of plays a mix of what she's interested in and it's interesting because it's all pretty much there's, and there's Bob Dylan in there so it's all pretty much amazing lyricists because mm. there's lots of hip hop lots of rap um, and you can see that she's really kind of entered poetry from yeah. this kind of angle of kind of music yeah. and from lyricism so uh, I'm quite a lot of her poems read yeah. like yeah, very strong sense of beast in that rhythm yeah, Which really, nice definitely really, an interesting yeah, collection. Very accessible. So if you, even if you're not really into poetry, I would definitely recommend yeah, so picking definitely up a copy of this yeah. one. Yeah, pretty good. Like Tenor from Austin. Go get it. Go, go, go. Other bookshops are available. <laughs> we definitely do. <laughs> we need to fill out our little card thing. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Also, it's, I also obviously independent bookshops, but they don't really want well, we don't need a big one where we are at last. There's a couple, I think. And should we sell them? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> feature. Feature, amazing. But it's definitely worth, uh, owning. And actually, the, the book is really, really beautiful in itself. Yeah. It's a really it's great great cover. The grey, the colour. Oh, I'm definitely the colour there. It's just a nice grey. It's nice. Um, yeah. So, Christmas time would be a good gift. Yeah. It's definitely good. Yeah, definitely. I don't know why we're plugging this book so much. I know, now I feel like I need to go, <laughs> go read Little Life as well. Get it from your local library. Yeah. Support the libraries. Indeed, do support the libraries. But yeah. Hold Your Own definitely worth yeah. a read, even if you're not into poetry. Um, it's it really like, good. It like, I read it in the morning as well, like, even if you're a long quite. We'll say it's quite yeah. thought-provoking. It will yeah. stay with you, I think. And, and then the final book we want to talk about, I also found quite thought-provoking. It yeah, definitely same. stayed with me. Yeah, I really liked it. It's called Kitchen by Banana Yoshimoto, which is a great name. Like, if I'm ever going to get a pen name, I would like it to be a fruit. Well, Anna Banana does make sense. Oh, yeah, I don't really like bananas though, so, um, maybe, I think, maybe it'll have to be a vegetable. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Some kind of vegetable that eats roast. Oh, Anna Courgette. And serve, and serve with biscuits and feta cheese. Oh, baby. Student life. <laughs> But it's, uh, this is really one good. One has book. to keep that hungry wolf from one's door. Doesn't one. <laughs> and on the subject of food, kitchen yeah. is obsessed with food. Yeah. And it's great. It made me hungry. It's only about 100 pages long, or so, like 120 or so. And it's written by, um, as the name might tell, by a Japanese author. Where a lot of the food is like ramen and different types of noodles and different types of tempura. And now I feel very hungry and sushi. And, yeah. And it was just, yeah, they say there's two developing kitchens. There's one called Kitchen and another one, I've forgotten the name of. Um, it's the Moonlight. I'm going to get the book now. Yeah. Um, but lots of food, um, as you would expect from a book called Kitchen. Moonlight right? Shadow. Moonlight Shadow, there we go. It's very cool. Um, and it's actually from the late 80s, um, yeah. in Japan. It's very acclaimed in Japan, I think. Yes, yeah. And quite, if you Google it, quite a lot of time actually, which, which is good, I guess, yeah. I haven't really heard of it before. Deservedly, I would say. Yeah. The translation, I think, is really good. It's yeah, nice kind of prose. It's quite spare. Yeah, and it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really read like a translation either. No, it doesn't. It's nice and kind of simple. It's, yeah. 
really, really a pleasure to read. Um, it's, so it's about this girl who uh, has lost her grandmother. Yeah. Um, and she moves in with these two quite people. randomly. Very randomly. Like, not quite sure if explaining that to someone would be approved of, but in the book it works. Yeah, so she moves in with this guy. I can't remember his name. Something with a Y. Yeah. And uh, and his mother. mother, who turns out to be uh, transgender. And it's amazing. It's She's obviously fabulous on every level. Yes, clearly. But it's just kind of dropped in, it's and it's very, great. It's, very it's very kind of very matter of fact. Yep, she used to oh, It's like, oh yeah, by the way, she used to do the It's great. It's kind of. So I think the way that they're talking about being transgender is quite different from the kind of conversation that we yeah, have surrounding it today. But it's uh, it's definitely an interesting way of presenting it, and she's presented in a kind of like matter of fact, very human way, and she's one of the best characters, if not yeah. the best character she's in well, yeah, the story. Yeah. She's I great. Read, read it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like, she's signing up. I yeah, I got a Facebook message immediately. Yeah, happy. And uh, so the main character, the girl whose grandmother dies, uh, is obsessed with kitchen. She's trained to cook. Yeah, she has this idea about uh, which room in the house to reflect her best and where she likes to go most of the time. She decides that the kitchen is the most perfect. She likes to cook and she likes to walk from the kitchen. Not like the idea that this family. Yeah, and that's quite a nice yeah, message that kind of nice. carries yeah. on throughout the the story. Yeah. And so apart from lots of descriptions of lovely, lovely food, which is. I mean, this book is effectively food porn, like worth reading just for that. Um, it's kind of quite nice. It's kind of there's a kind of love story yeah, element. It's all quite gentle, really. It's very gentle. There's a kind of um, grieving, kind of yeah. coming to terms with loss. Yeah. Um, which makes it under- makes it understandable why it's in the same book as the second story, which yeah, also deals with the theme yeah. of grief and loss. I believe that Ryan actually made her like her main theme is the theme of loss and grief. And from judging from the kitchen, she does it very well. Yeah, it's really good. And so the second story, which was called Moonlight Shadow. Moonlight Shadow, yeah, I think. Moonlight Shadow is also about the theme of kind of grief and yeah. loss, and it follows this kind of girl whose boyfriend has died in a car accident. Yeah, really horrible, like quite unexpectedly as well. And so they've been together for four years, is it? She's yeah. quite young. Um, and she's kind of working out how to recover from, so, yeah, from so this loss. At the beginning of the book, she's really into jogging, and like, that is her what method of dealing with it. And so she meets this kind of strange character, this quite mysterious woman, yes. who tells her about some kind of mysterious phenomenon that's going to happen by the river where she jogs. Yeah. And it kind of builds up around this, and it's all to do with um, how to move on. Yeah, and how to come to terms with like um she's still in contact with her boyfriend's brother, whose girlfriend also died in the car at the same time, like her boyfriend was giving her her boyfriend was giving his brother's girlfriend a lift home when they had his car and he died. Yeah. So the main character died, also she's growing closer to um the boy her boyfriend's brother. And he had both yeah, and he had an interesting method of dealing with the suit as well, didn't he? Because he wears her school uniform. Yeah, he wears her school uniform because it's like, she's the last time he saw her in, or like the thing is that she was mostly her. Which is quite sweet in its way. He's yeah. definitely described as a non-conformist. Yeah, and it's also really cute, cute in the book how 
although he's wearing a dress, no one comments about it at school or they take it all in their and it's not um so the kind of the love that they've had their relationship isn't overly romanticized oh no she's quite realistic about it saying that you know they weren't always happy but they had been happy together um and it's kind of quite a nice way of dealing with kind of young love because i think young love are often either kind of idealized in like what young adult fiction twilight style kind of or it's um, kind of dismissed as oh, kind of yeah, nonsense, yeah. and this one this deals with it in a kind of much more realistic and much more kind of sensitive, sensitive way. Yeah. I think I really really enjoyed I that. Actually, part. Oh, I really like yeah. Um, and again, there's still plenty of food in the second story. So excellent. If yeah. you enjoy Japanese food and yeah. are coming to terms with the loss, I think it's like uh, like a gentle way about the same story, but like. And the message as well, Yeah, it has definitely has like something yeah. you can learn from the story and kind of cheesy yeah. Do you come away from reading it with kind of thought? It wasn't just chip lit. There's nothing wrong with chip lit, but it wasn't just like definitely chip lit. Exactly. I mean Anna spent this morning reading Bridget Jones. Oh, I love Bridget Jones. As do I. Yeah. I think we might be talking next week about comfort reading. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Bridget Jones getting will into Christmas, yeah, getting yeah. into Christmas spirit, yeah. and yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely recommend, um, we definitely recommend it to you. And I'm gonna try and read more than I think it's good. And I will be stealing the books from uh, as she reads them. Yeah, um, <laughs> my own book thief. Well, I'm moving on to to reading some more Kate Tempest, and I've already listened to the album, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I ordered on the spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, big impulse. Big impulse. Kate Tempest order was placed yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm, are you currently reading? What am I currently reading? I'm reading on to things fall apart. Oh yes, I want that Um, and we're actually both studying a module on francophone African fiction at the moment. Which is really interesting. Yeah. If we do an episode on African yeah, novels, which I think we might do, we might do. Yeah. That will probably feature. Yeah. Most of them have been translated into English, actually. Yeah. That's been an awful translation as well, it's which we'll be telling you about. Awful translation, but um, yeah. but the French original was quite good. Yeah. Um, and so I've kind of been more interested in reading some African literature in English as kind of context for that. So uh, I've got, and I've never read Things Fall Apart of the Darling, so uh, that's my next one to read. Yeah. What are you reading at the moment? I'm reading a Persephone book called Little Boy Lost, which I had been neglecting. But again, not being boxed, but monogamous. There were actually musical impressions of what happens in it. But um, it's about this um, man who lost his son in the interwar who had lost his in gone missing or died. So he's now come back to France to track his son down. So um, we shall see how successful he is. We had to do uh, a trip to we the did. Persephone we had bookshop last time we were in London. Shop. The journal Persephone is it's this. Um, Independent bookshop and publisher, which um, republish out of print women, mainly women writing writers, and um, bookshop was actually slightly disappointing because it was more chaotic than I'd envisioned. I was hoping for more Instagram. I suppose it was quite bohemian in its way. On reflection, I will be dragging something back again. But we still have a nice kind of vaguely lost stumble around Bloomsbury. Yeah, it was nice, and uh, the shop was it was worth it. It was worth it. We pop in. Definitely. Even Simon Cameron. I did. Well, I I think the covers of the books are really pretty. Yeah, so they're grey and they have a little bit of a fiction goddess. So, yeah. 
There's a great routine going on in our lives yeah. at the moment, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. so that was the kind of yeah. vaguely chaotic first episode, yeah. but I hope it was okay. Thank you for listening to this much if you reached the end. And hopefully, yeah, next week we'll be moving on to talking about comfort reads. So it's not yeah. next week, in two weeks' time. I think it's just been. Yeah, we have lots of work on. Yeah. So it's been nice to procrastinate with you all. Yes, indeed. And happy reading. Yeah, and uh, yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye.